Today, on Commitment to Truth. Proverbs says a soft answer turns away wrath. I know a lot of times when I, when I get an opportunity to, to counsel with, with marriage couples uh, and they talk about the fights that they have and I always tell them, are you feeding the fight or are you ending it? Because if you're going to quiet, shh, don't say anything until you can rationally have a conversation about whatever is bothering you. But if you just keep feeding that argument, it's just going to get louder and louder and louder and go nowhere. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, The Evidence. We regularly hear the word blessed being loosely used within the body of Christ. We even witness throughout the world people seemingly with no awareness of the goodness of God. But what does it really mean to be blessed? Or what does it mean to live a blessed life? This sermon series will teach us how to become aware of the evidence of blessing and to safeguard the evidence in order to live a blessed life in Christ. Here's Pastor Ken Jones, teaching pastor at Commitment Church, with today's message. Um, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. If people don't see the hope in you, they ain't gonna ask. So we need to have an attitude that says, no matter how bad this is, shucks, I already know how it ends. I'm gonna be in heaven. Hallelujah. Verse 16, and keep a good conscience so that in the thing with which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right than for doing what is wrong. So we need to suffer for doing what is right. And if we're doing what is right, we are going to suffer. Um, John chapter 15, please. And I think this is the other part of this suffering for what is right that we need to understand. John chapter 15, starting with verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you, Jesus said. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. In other words, if they're not Christians, they will persecute you. If they are Christians, they won't. Kind of neat there. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. If you're living for Christ and you're exemplifying the hope that's in us that we want to give account for, as we saw in Peter, then you're going to be persecuted. Now, we're seeing it more and more obvious as time goes on in this country, the persecution of Christians. And it will become more and more obvious as we get closer and closer to the end, which makes it all the more important 
for us to stand for Christ. But we need to know him so that we can stand for him. So people don't recognize a false Christ, but the real Christ. It's another sermon. Uh, James chapter one, verse 12. We talked about this a few weeks ago. So blessed is a man who, pre- who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So as a believer, um, when you suffer persecution, there's that crown of life. Um, kind of goes with, if you talk about the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I think it is, and we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, and we, we're supposed to receive crowns, and yeah, the, you know, the things that go on your head, uh, and we receive them for all the good stuff that we've done. We're judged for our works for Christ, nothing else. You're not judged for sin because he took care of that on the cross. Okay, well, we're going to be judged for what we did for him. And some people are going to be loaded with a whole lot of these things because they end up going back and throwing them at the feet of, Christ, of God at the, at the end. Okay, and some of them are going to have some really tired arms throwing all these things. And some of them aren't, but we'll get to that later. But persevering under persecution and standing for Christ under persecution gets you a crown of life. I wouldn't mind having that one. And then uh, we're calling on to suffer like the prophets. If you go on to Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, it talks about how we need when we, we're going to be persecuted just like the prophets were. And if you look at the Old Testament prophets, uh, I have a little list here I looked up. Well, let's go to James chapter 5 verse first. Uh, James chapter 5 verse 10. <clears throat> it says, as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. And I'm sure you all know the story of Job. You know, he was rich, had lots of stuff, big family. The devil goes around and says to, says to God, hey, look, I'll take all this stuff away from you, and he's going to stop worshiping you. God said, go ahead. So he did. Took his family, all his goods, house, everything, gone. Job's got nothing. And what does Job do? He, his wife even told him, curse God and die. He had sores, and he had it all. And his statement was, naked I came from... Naked, I'm going back. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's called perseverance under trial. Perseverance under persecution that we need to have. But other prophets, and I, I kind of look some of these up, they're not in scripture, but there are many history books that have been written about things that happened to men of God in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was sawn in half. Jeremiah was stoned. Ezekiel was murdered. A fellow named Micaiah was murdered. Amos was tortured. And Zechariah, not the Zechariah that wrote the book of Zechariah, but another Zechariah who was a prophet, he was stoned. So you, and the New Testament guys, I think all of them, I don't think any of them died of old age. I think they all died for one, purpose, one way or another. Uh, even John, when he wrote, was, was in exile when he wrote the book of Revelation. So trust me, these guys were all persecuted and we're, not, and we're in good company if we get persecuted. I, I just got done reading Jeremiah a while ago, and it's pretty amazing, this guy's life. He was in and out of prison 
every time he opened his mouth. Because he kept trying to tell these guys, you're messing up, man. You're not under the will of God. You're worshiping idols. Stop. And they go, throw them in jail. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. Read the book of Jeremiah. I'm telling you, you'll be amazed how many times this guy was in jail. So let me, let me, let me finish this up this way. I, I was, I've been thinking about these Beatitudes. And for some reason, God keeps throwing me back to the fruit of the Spirit and a comparison between the two. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5, please. Verses 22 and 23, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. But there's a difference between the Beatitudes and the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, the minute you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes and dwells within you, and he comes with all those. That fruit, it's already in you. It's from the Spirit of God. And if you are not showing and exemplifying those fruit, it's because you're quenching the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. It's one of those verses I memorized. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. But that's what happens. Now, but, the, but the Beatitudes are different. They're not spiritual gifts. They're our responsibility. See, so many times I think we, 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 we spiritualize things and what we read in Scripture and say, God's going to do this, God's going to do that, God's going to do this, God's going to do that. And I'm going to sit in my easy chair, and I'm just going to act like God. Mm, don't work that way. We as believers have a responsibility to put these things on. Another interesting thing I found when I was looking at the Beatitudes is that the first one and the last one are present tense. The rest of them will be fulfilled in the future. If you read the Beatitudes, they'll say you shall, let me see, let me go back if I had this. That was kind of interesting. Uh, the first one is theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But then the second one, you will be comforted. You will inherit the earth. You will be satisfied. You will receive mercy. You will see God. They're all going to be given to us in the future. But the last one is the same as the first. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why do you think the kingdom of heaven is in the present tense? Because ladies and gentlemen, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've got the kingdom of heaven right here. And let me tell you how you experience that. Have you ever been in a crowd of people and you're at a party or a gathering of some kind and you just have the sense that this guy or girl sitting next to you is a believer? There's just something in the conversation, something in the way they act, something in the way they say that they're a Christian. So you start up a conversation. And as you start at this conversation and realize that they've trusted Christ and that they're living for the Lord, and the conversation goes and goes, and the next thing you know, an hour's gone by, and you didn't even realize it. That's a piece of heaven. 
that God allows us to experience while we're here in this nasty place that's already cursed. And it happens a lot. You're in a hospital, and out of nowhere, somebody comes and visits you. We weren't expecting anybody to walk in the door. They didn't think they knew you were there. And bang, there they are coming in to visit you. And you just, laying there in a hospital bed, you just get a sense of peace that God is near, that God is here, because this person took the time and cared enough about you to come and say hi. That's a part of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Influencing your world. Have you ever wondered why you were born where you were born? Why this family? Why this particular community? Why this part of the world? Why do I have these friends? Why this school at this time? Why this church? It's simple. God, through His sovereign wisdom, He knows precisely what you need to fulfill His purposes in you for His glory. You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. John the Baptist said, For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John the Baptist was the introducer of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, now after John the Baptist had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Don't take my word for it, folks. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look, when, 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 when this church began, and Pastor Cedric and Mark and some of the others that started this church with a concept and an idea that was based upon the Lord's Prayer. Thy, will be, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So they wanted to design this place to be like Heaven, because heaven is here. If you're saved, you've already got that piece of heaven in your heart. Now, I'm not saying there's not more. Trust me, there's a lot more than what we're living in in this earth. But I'm saying that you can have the kingdom of heaven, that sense, that feeling right here. Mike talked earlier about, you know, why do we come to church? And it is, it's to come and praise God and to worship God and, and to hear his word and to kind of come into God's presence with a whole bunch of people that are just like us. And what do we have here? This is a piece of heaven, folks. Amen. There should be joy and happiness right here in this room right now because we know how the story ends. Yeah. And no matter how sad and upset we can be, for a lot of circumstances that are going on in our life, there's still that deep sense of joy of knowing Jesus Amen. that overrides it all. Yes. Are, are we going to be sad? Sure. 
We're supposed to, right? We're supposed to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. That's, that's part of it. But I would rather weep and mourn with you guys because I find a sense of comfort there that can only come from the Spirit of God. But see, what happens a lot of times with us is we come into church on Sunday and we get our little bit of God and we run out the door. <laughs> I've always said sometimes the most important part of church is a half hour before and a half hour after the service. Because that's when we get to talk to each other. But we should be spending time together even outside the church. Amen. Who wants to take me to dinner? <laughs> Sorry. But that's it. I mean, we should be. We should be spending time together. Because that's where we find other people of God, and that's where we can have that kingdom of heaven. And guess what? When you're out somewhere, the people over there that ain't Christians are going to look at the way you all are acting together and going to go, man, I wish I had that in my life. And we can tell them, hey, all you need is Jesus. Because the kingdom of heaven's here. It's already here. We just need to practice it. We just need to do these, these eight things here. And have that be part of our lives. And we'll sense and know and feel God. I want to end with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 10 to 15. According to the grace of God which is, was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. And another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds it. That's what we're doing, folks. We are standing on the foundation of others that came before us who built what God had them to build, and we are continuing to build. By that means, we're, we're continuing to lead others to Christ and to make the kingdom what it should be, what God has called it to be. Verse 11, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it is so to be revealed by fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he'll receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so is through fire. We are all continuing to build the kingdom of God. But if you're not exemplifying the work of Christ in your heart outside of this building, you're doing a whole lot of wood, hay, and straw. See, when we stand before Christ and we give account for all that we've done for him, if he ain't done nothing, it's going to be a real short conversation. Why are you here? Why are you on this earth? Why are you still alive? Because God has a purpose for you to witness to someone else who needs to hear it from you. Not me. Although I got my list I got to do too. But that's why we're here, folks. To show the kingdom of God to a really lost world that's going to end up dying in a Christless hell.
You know, if you saw somebody walking across that street and a car was coming, you'd yell out, watch out, wouldn't you? Well, the devil's coming. We need to be yelling. And we yell by showing it with our life. The way we live our life, the joy we have inside, even through difficult times, so that others see Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is so clear and it helps us to understand who we are because we belong to you. The price was the blood of Jesus. And because of that, Father, the kingdom of God is at hand. Help us to exemplify that using the tools that you've given us through the Beatitudes. Exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit. Not quenching the Spirit, but allowing you to speak through us so that those whom you've called will be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, this is Cedric Brown, your teacher on Commitment to Truth. I would like to personally thank you so much for tuning in week after week to listen here on this station. My prayer is that our time together is encouraging and strengthening you in your personal walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not going to assume that all of you know this Christ that I speak about week after week. And if you don't, and this is you, my prayer is that you are being inspired to know Him personally through commitment to truth. But if you want to invite this Christ into your life right now, would you like to please pray with me? It's just a short prayer. It goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner and I've sinned against you. But I believe that you came to die for me. You were buried for me and you rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my risen Savior. And I surrender my life completely to you until I see you face to face. Jesus, would you, would you please empower me through your Holy Spirit to live the rest of my life for your glory and for the good of others? In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. So if you pray this prayer, or if you need help finding a local Christ-centered and Bible-teaching church, please email me at info at commitmenttotruth.org. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. And lastly today, could you please do two things for me, all of you? Number one, could you spread the word about commitment to truth to your friends, your family, and even your enemies? We all could learn, right? And secondly, please email me at info at commitment to truth to let me know how this ministry is impacting your life. Once again, that is info at commitmenttotruth.org. I would love to hear from you. May God bless you and your family and have a great day. Thank you again for listening to our series, The Evidence, from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Through this series, we hope you are encouraged and aware of how to live a blessed life in Christ. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, 
commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.